all of you making it out on a cold evening and uh, appreciate uh, the willingness to come and uh, be in church on our regular schedule and very thankful that we get to come and be a part of our church family Wednesday night and uh, I'm thankful we got some snow this time around uh, rather than just it's going to snow, it's going to snow and then nothing. Uh, I'm thankful we got to see some snow this time. I appreciate Brother Mike Wells and uh, I've asked Brother Mike to preach for us tonight and uh, Michelle and I have been out of town the last couple days finalizing th- some things for our couples retreat and uh, just to be able to get away for a couple days, do some work as far as our couples retreat is concerned and then also kind of uh, sort of refresh uh, because it's getting ready to get busy as Brother John mentioned a few minutes ago with our uh, two service schedule coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, so I appreciate Brother Mike being willing. Brother Mike, you go ahead and come. Uh, Brother Mike has been a pastor, evangelist, uh, but the greatest title that I feel like I have with Brother Mike is he's my friend and I appreciate his friendship and encouragement. Brother Mike, preach for us. Appreciate Amen. Amen. Appreciate Thank you, Pastor. Good to see you tonight. I was telling my wife, I don't think anybody's going to show up. It's cold out there. Uh, and she said this, she said, listen, if they have kids, they'll be there. <laughs> they need a break from their kids. Psalm 42 is where we'll be tonight. Psalm 42, Lord willing, uh, I think I have something to be a help to you tonight. And uh, uh, I've been preaching on the growth groups. We've been doing so much on doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. And I felt like the Lord would say, hey, let's do something more practical tonight. Uh, something we can apply and help ourselves with a little bit. And let me ask you a question while you're flipping there tonight. Psalm 42. How many of you are willing to admit this? How many of you are willing to admit that you talk to yourself? Hold your hand up. That's about most of you. Wow. You talk to yourself on a regular basis. Uh, The rest of you that didn't hold up your hand, you're probably talking to yourself right now. Saying, I'm not holding up my hand. I don't care what that preacher says, right? (laughs) Who's he to think he's going to hold up my hand? We all talk to ourselves. One of the greatest things that I think ever came out of these cell phone things is, is the ability to walk around and talk to yourself and people not think you're crazy anymore. Just as long as nobody calls you while you're doing it, then that kind of that kind of ruins the whole whole picture of it. Uh, some people say they like to talk to themselves because they're it's the only way they can have an intelligent conversation, right? Uh, someone once said because I talk to myself because I'm in need of a professional opinion. <laughs> How many of you heard the old saying? It's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't what answer. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you something you probably have never heard before. Do you know this? It's not only okay to talk to yourself, it's actually very biblical to do it. Very biblical to do it. And uh, as long as you do it in the right way. In fact, here's the main principle we're going to talk about tonight. It's going to be all interwoven through the message. You're going to get tired of hearing it probably. Uh, it's simply going to just be this. It's much better to talk to yourself than it is to listen to yourself. And you'll get that as we go on, I believe. Much better to talk to yourself than it is to listen to yourself. There was a quote, Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, We must talk to ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to talk to us. He said the main trouble in this whole matter of spiritual depression, in a sense of this, that we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to ourselves. That's exactly what the psalmist uh, does right here at one of the lowest points of his life. I believe this is David that we're going to look at in Psalm 42 tonight. And and he's going to learn to do that very thing. He's going to learn to stop listening to himself and start talking to himself. 
Psalm 42, if you're there, say amen. So I know you're there. So let's learn that a little bit together. Most theologians will tell you, uh, before we read, get you some context here, that uh, uh, most believe, there's some, there's some speculation on what, what, what time period this was talking about, but most believe this was Psalm written by David during the days when Absalom had stolen the throne and David was on the run. And so we pick that up in Psalm 42, in verse number 1. Let's just read a few verses together. We'll break them down, and then we'll get to some practical parts of this. The Bible says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for my God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Let's pray. Father, we sure do love you tonight. I thank you. I never take for granted, Lord, the opportunity when I get to open up your word and teach and preach. And, and I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd help somebody in this room, online, wherever they're listening tonight. That There's some principles I believe we're going to learn from this experience of David and, and uh, this real event that really happened, Lord, that we can apply to our lives and help us, Lord, to, to be more successful in thinking, more successful in, in Lord, our positive outcomes more successful in life and 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 we pray we do that for the glory of jesus christ in jesus name we pray amen look back with me verse number one the as the heart panteth uh, over the water brooks so my soul panteth after thee O god the, again the psalmist here most likely david long be back in God's house, I believed here, in, in the presence of God. Just like a, 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 hunger, a, a hunted deer longs for a drink of water. It's kind of what he's saying from a cool brook after he's been chased. And goes into verse number 2 and says this, My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And just as that deer thirsts for a cold drink, so David was thirsting for God, I believe. And, and coming to appear God, to, before God here, when it says that line, for I, when shall I come and appear before God, I believe it would have referred to in those days as, as the tabernacle. That was the place where, where in, in, the, in that dispensational law where, where the, the earthly presence of God dwelt. And so David Long would be back in the tabernacle again, but he's on the run right now, and he can't be there. And he's longing for those days where he could come into God's house and into God's presence, and, and his soul is thirsting for God says that you get to verse number three my tears have been my meat day and night that word meat literally means it's been his food he's so dis in such distress here that he's literally he is his meal his food is is those things is 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 the distress that he's in david's son again had stolen the throne he was on the run separated here from his throne and most importantly from the the presence of god and then he's surrounded, look what it says here at the end of verse 3, surrounded by God deniers. And they're all saying, where is thy God? You ever kind of been there? You ever been to where you're, little, you're down, you're distressed, you're sor sorrowful, and people all around you, those who don't believe in the Lord, use that opportunity to say, where's your God? I mean, they may not say it verbally, but you know that's what they're saying. Where's your God? 
If, uh, if you're such a, a great Christian, how could that happen to you? And David's here, and he's in this time, and, and it's adding to a sorrow, to a distress, and dare I even say maybe it's depression. Look with me as we go on to verse number 4. He goes on to say this, and when I remembered these things, I pour out my soul in thee, for I had gone with the multitude, I had went with them to the house of, of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. And, and here's what he's basically saying, how could this happen to me? I remember the good times. I remember when we used to go to the house of the Lord and, and praise and enjoy. But now he gets to verse number 5. My soul is cast down. I'm disquieted. Big old King James word. It literally means this. I've been, I'm distressed. I'm troubled. I'm anxious. I'm restless. You ever been there? Situations of life get you to the place where you're distressed, troubled, anxious, restless. And now David does what we're so guilty of doing. He reflected on his troubles. Or you maybe say it this way. He rehearsed his troubles over and over in his head. And they consumed his thoughts to the point that he started to listen to himself. He says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. His troubles were all he thought about. It was all he focused on. And all he listened to him, all he did was listen to himself, tell himself about his trouble. You ever been guilty of listening to yourself? You know that old Eeyore thing? Woe is me and, and all that. He was literally doing this. He was wallowing in his troubles. That's a big word, isn't it? How many of you know that word wallowing? I remember, uh, I had to look it up because uh, I had heard this one other time. I'll give you that story in a minute. But I said, I, I really need to know what that word means before I go up there and preach it. <laughs> Wallowing. It literally means to indulge in an unrestrained way. To indulge in an unrestrained way. I remember the first time I heard this word. I had a guy that worked for me years ago. And, and, uh, and uh, he was, we, were, we were out of town, actually in the... Uh, building a call center, setting up all the IT equipment. And, and we had been working 15 hours straight, setting up computers and networks, getting ready so that call center to go live the next day. And, and I mean, we were tired, and, and we're out, out in the big city. And, and, and so I decided to say, team, you've been working hard. And I had the company credit card. Somebody said amen on that. And, uh, and I said, we're going down to the fancy steakhouse, and I'm paying Really, I'm not company is, but anyway, uh, I, we're, we're going down there. And so we go down there, and this guy I'm talking about, I won't say his name just in case he ever listens online, but uh, he was probably, he made me look small. Let's just say it that way. He was probably 320 pounds, and he wasn't very tall. You kind of get the picture? <laughs> and so, so he was a, we went to this big fancy steakhouse, and, and we get there, this, this, this big fancy steakhouse, there's one thing that this guy, I mean, he was, a, he was a talented IT technician, smart dude, but there's one thing he could do better than IT, and that was eat. And it was one of these steakhouses that, yeah, some, some of you have probably been there, where they have this huge steak, I don't even know how big it was, I don't remember now, but if you could eat it, it was free. Y'all ever been in a place like that? Well, we had the man for the challenge with us. And, uh, and uh, so he goes in. Now, I don't really remember the end of the story. I don't remember if he ate the whole thing or not, but I can tell you this. He put a hurting on it, whether he finished it or not. And, and so, so we're getting ready to leave, and somebody on the team says, hey, where are we going next? And, and uh, I remember this guy, and I so want to say his name, but I'm not going to. Uh, after working 15 hours straight and basically eating half a cow, 
makes this statement. He says, I'm going back to my hotel room and I'm going to climb up in that bed and I'm going to wallow in it. <laughs> First time I ever heard that word. <laughs> wallow in it. How many of you like to wallow in your bed? You know what I mean? Just, just get down in there and so forth and indulge in the comfort of your bed in an unrestrained way. That's what the word would mean if you put it all together. Can I tell you, wallowing in your bed's okay. But when it comes to our problems, one of the worst things we can do is wallow in them. That's what David's doing here in verse 4. He's sad, he's troubled, he's distressed, perplexed, disquieted, as the Bible says, and unhappy, he's overwhelmed, crushed in his soul, and, and even in his spirit. And here he is wallowing in his discouragement, negative thinking, and it's overwhelmed him, robbing him full of joy. You ever been there? How many of you got that t-shirt? I certainly do. And he got there because he did this simple principle. He was listening to himself instead of talking to himself. Now let me give you some application here tonight as we give you a bunch of points. We'll go pretty quick, so y'all listen fast tonight as we go through. Uh, I wrote down just some thoughts. Uh, just, the first thing I said this was the results of listening to them, thyself. Results of listening to yourself. What's the results of listening to yourself? Uh, I thought about this. You know, one of the things that happens when we start listening to ourselves that comes around is negativity. Negativity. When you listen to yourself, it almost brings about nothing but negativity in your mind and in your life. I mean, everything, everybody, every situation's wrong. How many of you have been around somebody that's negative like that all the time? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Have you been that person? <laughs> now, I'm not talking about pessimists, <clears throat> pessimists here. I'm talking about worse than that. You know, you have pessimists, which, which what, see the glass as half empty, right? You have optimists that see the glass as half full. I'm talking about a negativist. My wife always says, you make up words all the time. I do. I'm preaching. I get to make up the words. Amen. <laughs> What's a negativist, preacher? Here's what a negativist is. A negativist, is. A negativist says the, ha the glass is half full, but the, ha but the half that's full is polluted and nasty, and you couldn't drink of it anyway. I mean, they take it even worse and go even further. And that's what happens sometimes when we, we, we get the talking to ourselves. We get our place to, uh, you get so negative sometimes when we start, I should say, listening to ourselves. When we get so negative sometimes, I'm telling you, you could have a car battery with two positive posts and still find a negative. Nothing's ever right. Nothing's, uh, everybody's out to get you. Everybody's got to, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, from your boss to the coworker to your pastor, he probably is out to get you, amen. But the mechanic, the doctor, I'm just kidding. Uh, the person at the grocery store that checks you out. I mean, everything, everybody's wrong. And here's the truth is negative people are usually, here's what I found, they're inherently prideful people. You want to say, you say why do you say that? Because they think everything's about them. Everything's about me. Woe is me. Everything, everybody's against me. Everything centers on them. I'll give you a hard truth real quick, and, and we'll roll on. It's just simply this. is Not everybody in the world's out to get you. In fact, I'll be honest with you, most people don't even think about you at all. <laughs> Sooner we get that in place, we, that would help us. That, that's a help, actually, if you think about it. If we really knew, somebody said this, Olin Miller said this, you probably wouldn't worry about what people think of you if you could have known how seldom they actually do. Right? <laughs> Listen, quit listening to yourself. Because it leads to negativity. Another trait of somebody who, who listens to themselves, uh, or a result of people listening to themselves, is mind reading. 
mind reading is this. It's, it's assuming we understand what other people are thinking without any real evidence. We imagine what's going on in somebody else's head. Well, they're probably thinking this, right? We often imagine the negative. Don't even think about it. Could be neutral or positive. You know, this, I, I lived as a pastor for a long time. That preacher, y'all, how many of you know that old song? And he didn't even shake my hand. <laughs> I forget the song, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Or we go to church and so-and-so didn't speak to me at church. They speak to me every week, but this week they didn't. They must be mad. Hmm. And we think about that all week. You know, maybe they had somebody else in their mind. Maybe they had something else in their mind. Maybe they were trying to get that guest to make them feel welcome. Maybe this. Maybe the world just isn't about you. But when we get cast down, we make it all about ourselves. When we start listening to ourselves. Huh. Let me just throw this out, by the way. If somebody didn't say hi to you or shake your hand, that's an indictment against yourself. Does that mean you didn't say hi or shake their hand either? Right? <laughs> maybe... You're the one that's mad. Maybe they're at home wondering if you're mad at them. <laughs> See, we don't focus on that because we always focus on ourselves when we get to these type situations. The results of listening to ourselves, negativity, mind reading. I wrote this down, overgeneralization, overgeneralization. What do you mean by that? Well, that's the habit of telling ourselves that a negative event that's happened in the past bound to continue to happen in the future the same way. You want to know how you can tell if you're overgeneralizing things? Here's what it is. It always has the word always or never in it. Always or never. You ever been there? (laughs) After we get passed over maybe for a new position at work, I never get offered a promotion. Uh, Probably won't with that attitude, right? (laughs) I never get this. This always happens. Overgeneralization. That's where we get when we start listening to ourselves. Just because it happened that way in the past doesn't mean it's always going to be. How many believe prayer changes things? See, if you believe that, you can't be this, right? It can't always be the same if you believe prayer changes. Well, pray about it and watch God change it. And so we go against our faith when we get here, if we really think about it. The results of listening to self, negativity, mind reading, overgeneralization. I wrote another one, fortune telling. You say, what do you mean by fortune telling? What's that? The mental habit of predicting what's going to happen based on little or no evidence. We do this all the time in our mind, don't we? Our mind throws out a negative outcome, a worst case scenario, and we just go with it. That's what's going to happen because we're listening to ourselves over and over in our head. It's like overgeneralization, fortune telling, and it leads us to a place of discouragement and anxiety. The worst thing that could, could possibly happen might as well have happened because you let yourself get to a state where it did happen and it hasn't even happened. Say that three times fast, amen. <laughs> After you go on the first date, there's no way she's ever going to call me again. Well, that's probably true, but anyway. (laughs) You go have a job interview, and you come out and say, they hated me. This is combining two of them. Mind reading, how you know? (laughs) There's no way they're going to hire me. Fortune telling. We're talking to ourselves. I should say we're listening to ourselves. I keep saying that backwards. Let me give you another one. Magnification. It's when we take our own errors, our own flaws, and we exaggerate them. We take one small negative event. We all make mistakes. Y'all agree with that? Hey, I make tons of them. And then we make, we literally make a catastrophe out of them. How many of you know the same? We turn a molehill into a mountain, right? 
We take a little small disruption in our life and we turn it into a disaster. I mean, our car makes a little noise, go home. It's blowing up. <laughs> right. You get some heartburn. Oh, I'm having a heart attack. I, I, I need to go to the doctor. Maybe the chili you ate. You know, we, we just blow it out of proportion and it goes nuts because we magnify it. Or there's a, the other side of that. Sometimes when we listen to ourselves, we do these opposite. We, we do minimalization. We said by that. The polar opposite of magnification means we're dismissive of even our good qualities and our good strengths. You test back and, yeah, I got an A, but I missed the easiest question on it. Been there? Start doing things like that. I enjoyed your singing. Somebody comes up, I enjoyed your singing this morning. Nobody's ever said that to me. But anyway, (laughs) one day. But you respond, well, I missed two notes, or I came in at the wrong time. You come back with that, that whole minimal, hey, accept the blessing. Be edified by it. But no, we talk to ourselves, I made a mistake, and oh, what was me? We get ourselves, or we listen to ourselves, and, and we minimize all the true positive qualities and accomplishments that happen. And all this leads really to emotional reasoning, which is simply... The habit, then we make decisions based on what we feel instead of what is true. God can't use me. They don't need me. Discouragement, depression are results. Live our life like a roller coaster, up, down, up, down. And it's a result of listening to ourselves. Negativity, mind reading, overgeneralization, fortune telling, magnification, minimalization, emotional reasoning. The results of listening to yourself. Let me give you the reality, what I call this, the reality of listening to ourself. We'll get to the, we'll get to the cure here in a minute. There's a principle, and I don't like to bring psychology into preaching much, but I'm going to give you a little formula tonight. Because I believe this is true. Every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut. Somebody say amen. <laughs> There's this formula in psychology. It's called cognitive Mediation principle. Say that three times fast. Here's what it is. I don't know if it'll be on the screen. It is on the screen. There you go. I forgot the screen was up there. I need to look up there every once in a while. Events plus thoughts equal emotions. Events plus thoughts equal emotions. So the formula is telling us two primary influences on our emotions and how we feel. One of them is the events or circumstances that that happen. Now let me ask you this. Can you control all events or circumstances that are going to happen to you? No. But there's another side of the equation here. Because it's events plus thoughts equal emotions. We can't control everything that happens on the event side of the equation. But you know what we can control? It's the thoughts side. We can control what we think. Our emotions and our feelings are usually a large result of just our thinking. Do you agree with that? That's cognitive mediation principle. Didn't know you were going to psychology tonight, did you? Let me give you a simpler one because I'm pretty simple. Oh, redneck, I guess that's a bad word, but (laughs) simple old country boy. How about this one? Wrong thinking leads to wrong believing, leads to wrong doing, leads to wrong feeling. How about that? If our thoughts determine how we feel, then that means how we habitually think will determine how we habitually feel. Think about that for a minute. If our thoughts determine how we feel, then how we 
habitually think will determine how we habitually feel. Therefore, if we're going to change how we feel and change how we believe and behave, we got to first change how we think. There's a principle I used to do when I started an RU program in a previous church, and one of the principles of that program, in fact, it's principle number one, it simply says this, before I've ever done it, I thunk it. And it always starts here. This is the battlefield of the mind. And that's where David is here in our text. You say, what's this got to do with him? He's all discouraged. He's all down because he's been listening to himself over and over how bad it is and as he throws it out. But, but can I tell you, if wrong thinking leads to wrong believing, leads to wrong doing, leads to wrong feeling, then the converse of that's true too. That means this, right thinking can lead to right believing, can lead to right doing and right feeling. So what's the cure? What's the answer? We've seen the results of listening to yourself and the reality of it, uh, of listening to ourselves. But here's what, I don't want to leave you there. I want to give you the remedy tonight, the remedy of listening to ourselves. Look at verse number five. He gets to the place where he realizes he's, he's cast down and he's, oh, I'm cast down. Oh, my soul. He says, why are thou disquieted in me? And he's gotten to this place. He's down, he's down, he's down. But then it's like, like something reminds himself of whose he is and who he belongs to. And he says this, hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He said, what's he doing? He stopped listening to himself and started talking to himself. That's what he's doing. And I'm telling you what, it got him up out of the spunk because here he is. He says, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Can I tell you the cure is simply this. We need to quit listening to ourselves and start talking to ourselves. Martin Lloyd-Jones, again, I quoted him earlier, just said this, most unhappiness in life is due to the fact that we listen to ourselves instead of talk to ourselves. That's what David does here in verse 5. He takes a moment and he says, he says self-listen for a minute. Uh, why are you cast down? What business do you have to be all disquieted here? And, and that word again means distressed, troubled, anxious, restless. He's basically, he's basically talking, speaking to himself. What's wrong with you? Why are you so negative? Why are you cast down? Why, why do you, how do you let yourself get to this place? And, and then he gets back to right thinking. And he says, hope thou in God. For I shall praise him for the help of his countenance. By the way, he says... Kind of that, that principle three different times. And verse number 11, a little later, he says, Why are thou cast down on my soul? Uh, for while thou disquieted in me, hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Over in uh, chapter 43, verse number 5, says the exact same thing a third time. And here's, what he's, here's what he's trying to say. And he's saying he kept getting himself back to that place because he started listening to himself again. But he remembered the truth and says, hey, quit listening to myself. I need to start talking to myself. And I need to, in fact, I would go this far and say he wasn't just talking to himself. He was actually preaching to himself. <laughs> he said, what's hope mean when he says, hope thou in God? You know, when you read the word hope in the Bible, it, it, isn't, it isn't this wishy-washy, uh, 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 you know, I'm wishing on the stars type thing. Literally means, it means a confident, earnest expectation. His confident, earnest expectation was in God. How dare me, a child of God, let me get to where I am? Because I did it to myself. Because remember, I know we can't control the events and circumstances, but we can control the thoughts. 
And if we keep this side of the equation greater than this side of the equation, then our feelings will be all right. And he got to the place where he said, For I shall praise him. And in praising him, the health of my countenance will change. David decided to quit listening to himself, to quit wallowing in misery, and start talking to himself and worshiping his majesty. If you want to change, if I want to change how I feel, then I need to change how I think. If I want to change how I think, then I need to stop listening to myself and start talking to myself. Someone said this once. Part of learning to live a life of spiritual living is to know how to handle yourself, question yourself, and preach to yourself. That's what David did. I believe he, I, I could almost see it this way. Maybe he was here, and woe is me, and woe is me, and you know, God can't use me, and I'm in a bad spot, nothing could happen. I can almost see him just like, stop it, stop it. I'll tell you who you are. You're a child of God. I'll tell you who you are. You don't think God can use you. Hey, you don't think God will accept you. You are accepted in the beloved. I can almost see him just speaking truth to himself over and over. Didn't my brother say that all the time? Speak truth. Speak truth to yourself. Hey, sometimes we need to preach to ourselves, don't we? Quit listening to ourselves and start preaching to ourselves. But here's the key, though. We've got to make sure. Sometimes we've got to take control. Every single day in your life, somebody's talking, somebody's listening. And if you aren't talking to yourself, then you're listening to yourself. And if you're listening to yourself, here's what you're probably hearing. Yesterday's problems brought back up again today. All that negativity, all that criticism, all the whining, all the woe. Here's what you got to do. Stand up and start preaching to yourself. Why aren't thou cast down? What business do you have being disquieted? And remind yourself of who God is, what God is, what God has done, and what he's promised to do. That's the remedy. Stop listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself. Now let me end with simply this. A couple principles on this because it's very important. Hey, not just to say anything to yourself, but what we speak is pretty important. Would you agree with that? Because here, listen, I'm not talking about just speaking blind positivity like the smiley guy does. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about speaking truth. Truth. Where are we going to find truth? Right here in the Word of God. Amen. So let me give you some biblical truths on how to speak to yourself. And we'll run through these pretty quick. But just, I wrote this one down. Number one, speak in praise and don't listen to self pity. Speak in praise and don't listen to self-pity. That's what David does, verse 5. Why art thou cast down? Oh, my soul, why are thou disquieted me? Hope thou in God. And he continues, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. David basically says, I'm no longer going to have a pity party. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit listening to myself and I'm going to start having a praise fest. That's what he did. Speak about, number two, I wrote this, speak about your hope and quit listening to your helplessness. Can I tell you, hopelessness and helplessness it's just a state of mind. David says, hope thou in God. Hey, if you're a child of God, hey, you have a confident, earnest expectation that God can and will. Is anything too hard for God? I'm not minimizing your circumstance or your event, but I'm just telling you, get your thinking right and your feelings can be right. Amen. Thirdly, speak about your blessings or your benefits 
And don't listen to your bemoanings. Listen to these verses. Three of my favorite verses in the Bible. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is in me, bless his holy name. Y'all know that verse, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his what? Benefits. His blessings. Psalmist said, Psalm 68, verse 18, Blessed be the Lord who daily loaded us with what? Benefits. Blessings. Even the God of our salvation. Psalm 116, verse 12, he said, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? You know what we render to him? Praise. Praise. Amen. Fourth thing I wrote was this. Speak Bible truth, not baseless thoughts. Speak Bible truth, not baseless thoughts. Psalm 15, verse 2, the Bible says, He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. The one that walks upright and worketh righteousness is the one speaking truth in his heart. Ephesians 4.15 says this, But speaking the truth in love that we may grow up or mature uh, up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Instead of listening to self tell you you're the victim, hey, start talking to yourself and telling them you're victorious. Can I remind you? Paul told us 1 Corinthians 15.57, But thanks be unto God, which, is, which, giveth the victory, which giveth us the victory through Christ our Lord. Still listen to self. Telling him you're overmatched, overwhelmed. Remind yourself of the truth from Scripture that we're overcomers. Amen. First John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. When, sin, or when self is telling you that your problems are greater than you can handle, you tell him, hey, ye are of God, you little children, and ye have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You see what you're doing there? When, that, when you start listening to yourself and that negativity comes in, you just turn and you speak to yourself truth. That's the, that's the whole, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Why don't we do it? Why don't we do it more? Why don't we listen to ourselves? Why don't we, why don't we speak to ourselves more? Lastly, let me give you this one from Ephesians 5, 19. Simply this, speaking hymns and spiritual songs instead of listening and helplessness and superficial speech. The Bible says, Ephesians 5, 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. That word speak there literally means to, to prolongly utter, to preach almost is what that word means. Some of the best talking you can do to yourself is simply start speaking hymns to yourself or spiritual songs to yourself. Listen, I can't sing a lick. I thought I'd get some amens out of that. I'm going to put a mic on and sing here in a minute. Then you'll amen that one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I can tell you, there's sometimes I don't feel too victorious. How about you? Hey, it's a great time to pull out the old hymn and say, Victory in Jesus, and sing that thing. It'll help you. Hey, the Bible knows. Why, why do these songs resonate with our soul so much? Because they speak truth. They speak truth. And when you sing them, you're speaking truth to yourself and you're no longer listening to yourself. That's why music is such a great escape and so powerful. Music that has truth in it, amen. I start sometimes uh, doubting, you know, sing blessed assurance. Sometimes when I start bemoaning, I like to sing, oh, bless my soul with all that's in me. And when I mess up, goof up, which I probably do too often. I like to just sing Amazing Grace and be reminded of God's goodness, His forgiveness, 
speaking hymns, spiritual songs. Make melody in your heart, not murmurings in your head. Simply put, quit listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. That's what David did. That's how he got victory over this spot that he got in. That's how he got over this state. He remembered who God was. And he started speaking to himself and quit listening to himself. Father, we sure do love you tonight. We thank you for the truths that your word contains. And Lord, so many of us sometimes struggle with these very things. And Lord, we, we allow ourselves to just take the worst of any situation and play it over and over. And we just listen and listen and listen to ourselves until we get to the point where we are so discouraged or disquieted, to use the Bible word there. Lord, that no one would even know we had any positivity in us. But Lord, thank you for your word that shows us how David got victory. How he said, that's enough. I'm done with that mess. I'm not going to quit listening to everything my mind wants to tell me. And I'm going to start speaking truth. Quit listening to ourselves and start speaking to ourselves. Thank you for the lesson in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was good. And I uh, appreciate that, Brother Mike. That was awesome. And uh, I needed to hear that, just that constant reminder of not listening but speaking truth uh, to ourselves. Um, I like how David got to verse number 11, and he changed the word from help of my countenance to health of my countenance. Because uh, sometimes the words that are spoken to us provide not just strength but life, life-giving words, not life-sucking words. And so, uh, great truth tonight. We're going to go to our prayer time at this time and uh, take some prayer requests. And uh, you have your hand.